0: Hi, welcome back to Friend Crush. I'm Amber Akilla, and this is my podcast where I talk about stuff and things. What's up? (laughs) Uh, Sorry, it's been a while. I always have ideas for episodes and people like send in questions and stuff they want to talk, they want me to talk about. But Like I said, I'm always changing my opinion on stuff and it's just like very difficult for me to organize my thoughts in a way that I can feel confident to share in a podcast episode without feeling like, oh crap, well now I feel differently already (laughs) by the time I want to release it. So yeah, disclaimer that Well, I guess this is a good topic that we could discuss, the difference between truth and opinion. Because I think in today's social climate, um, it's very easy to get these two things confused. And I always think about common sayings and what they really mean. Because I think like a lot of the time, a saying will be said so many times that it kind of loses context and meaning. And then it develops... A meaning or is co-opted in a way that is um, not in line with what it was originally intent what it originally intended to communicate so one thing that I always hear people say is live your truth live your truth and what does that even really mean because I think a lot of people confuse truth and opinion so then they feel like they have to live their opinion and defend their opinion. And the thing about me is I have a lot of opinions, but I'm always trying to stay open-minded and I'm always ready to have my mind changed. And when it comes to my opinion, which is different to my quote unquote truth, I think your truth is something that is like your intuition, it's quiet and you can kind of get very subtle indications of which direction you want to go in or what is really important to you, whereas your opinion is just like an intellectualization of observations that you have around you. For example, my opinion on certain social issues and the way that social issues unfold and the different approaches that people have to certain social issues is not necessarily a truth because these are things that are actually outside of me. It's an observation of circumstances and context and it's different to my personal lived experience as a Chinese Australian woman. You know what I mean? So like my personal truth might be it's important for me to Self-empower, it's important for me to develop self-awareness, manage my emotions, build awareness around my thoughts. That is a truth for me, but that is different to my opinion on the state of how people treat women of color in society or how people perceive me or how I think certain social movements are or aren't... uh, helpful to the cause that they intend to support. So, I think I've been thinking about <laughs> so I've been thinking about that a lot recently because when people say live your truth and they have confused truth and opinion, that's when you start getting division and people saying, "Well, my truth is that I think the way that you're handling this situation is wrong and then the other side says, well, my truth is that you're handling it wrong. When in fact, it's just like each person has a right to live their own truth, to live authentically according to what they want for themselves and how they cultivate that, how they live that, how they act it, how, what, how their thoughts and their actions align. But those two things don't have to be in opposition with each other and part of that is each person being able to own and accept their own truth and take responsibility for it without feeling like someone else has to do it for them or without feeling like someone else living their truth takes away from theirs does that make any sense <laughs> because as i've gotten older and based on the experiences that i've had i have become more conscious of how i've always subconsciously been trying to cultivate authenticity within myself which is making sure that i'm doing what i want and the idea that i have for myself is how i'm actually living because everybody has this kind of gap within them you know like who you are versus who you want to be. And I think now with technology, social media, all of these external things that kind of prey on that gap, prey on our ability to align our thoughts and our actions. I have met a lot of people that basically just live in delusion. They don't even have an awareness that the gap exists and they think that thinking can replace doing or they think that thinking is in and of itself action and I think that's like a natural human um behavior that we can all get trapped in me included like realizing that yeah I think that I want to do a certain thing and I keep thinking keep thinking keep thinking and then months have passed and I haven't done anything about it so I've been really Lucky, or I consider myself very lucky that for the last year or so, I've really been able to hone in on my awareness around that and find different ways to manage it because, yeah, you want, I mean, I wanna be a person who has character and integrity and integrity is saying what you mean and doing what you say. And it doesn't mean that you have to that like every single thing that I say that I'm going to do, I do. It also involves being honest with myself and to the people that I make promises to and taking responsibility by saying, oh yeah, (laughs) I thought I was going to be able to do this, but I'm really sorry. I actually don't have the capacity at the moment to do it. Let's find another way, find another solution, or I'm sorry that I wasn't able to follow through. I think that's something that is severely lacking these days a lot of people want to just kind of sweep things under the rug and forget about them but in my experience that's not really an effective way to have personal accountability and personal responsibility and i think it means that you increase the disconnect that you have with yourself if you're not able to fully take ownership of what you say and what you do and don't do in accordance with those things. (laughs) An example of truth versus opinion. So a truth for me might be that I care about how I present in terms of like trying to look my best I like putting effort into my outfit when I feel like it I like mm, maintaining my skin and doing my makeup but I don't necessarily derive any of my self-worth from how I look to other people you know it's like a personal thing for me and something for other people secondary or at least like it's not the core of my self-worth because that's something that I've consciously done um, while growing up to not place all my self-worth in physical or superficial beauty because I think that's something that the patriarchy wants women to do and it is a really for me personally like disempowering way to live because I think beauty is so subjective and no one person is Beautiful to everybody. And I think for me, I don't find beauty in other people just based on superficial things. I think the way that you treat yourself and treat other people is such a huge indication of quote unquote beauty. And I notice that when I'm around certain people, they make a lot of comments, preemptive comments about their appearance. Um, and like sort of cut themselves down, which is clear that like they've internalized some sort of criticism and they're actually constantly criticizing themselves before anyone around them is even doing it. So that's another thing that I try to be aware of, like being able to just exist (laughs) and embrace the moment without worrying so much about how I'm being perceived by other people. And I think just like my experience growing up has just by default allowed me to do that. Like I've also been thinking about how when I was growing up, like I grew up in a super isolated, super white area when it wasn't cool to be a person of color, but like at all. And I would go to parties like every weekend with all these white people. And I would either be completely ignored or I would be reintroduced to the same people every weekend. And my, my therapist says that um, that probably left like a trauma imprint on me because from a really young age, I've just moved through the world like with an assumed invisibility cloak. Like, oh, no one's really checking for me. So whatever, I'm just in my own little world, doing my own thing. If someone comes up to me, they do, if they don't, it's okay. Like I don't necessarily, yeah, I just don't really think about how I'm perceived. Although I do think about how I uh, present, like I, like I said, like I like being able to put an outfit together, but I don't think about how other people will think about what that outfit looks like, you know, like I literally only care about what I think. Um, So yeah, it kind of like has come to a head because I also have been told I have resting bitch face from a very young age too, which I never really understood because like the way that my mind works isn't, uh, is very different to maybe how my face looks. And it's like when you're driving a car, you don't know what it looks like coming down the street. So I'm not very conscious of how I appear to other people so even when they say that I have resting bitch face I'm like well I'm not even like thinking about bitchy things (laughs) most of the time I'm like making jokes with myself or like replaying k-pop videos in my head like literally those videos on youtube that are like videos I have saved at 2am, videos on my phone that I watch at 2am, like that's pretty much how my brain works most of the time. So even if I look really serious, <laughs> I'm either thinking like that or I'm thinking about literally nothing. Um, so yeah, it was really interesting for me to think about how the way that I'm being perceived is so different to what I'm actually doing and the incongruence between those two things. But yeah, so anyway... The truth could be like yeah i don't really place my self-worth in my physical appearance because i was so used to being ignored when i was younger so i didn't really go out of my instead of going out of my way to be noticed by how i present i just focused on my own standards for presentation (laughs) Um, and it just so happens that they're probably quite high because of the way that I was raised by my mom. But yeah, so then my opinion could be like, um, I don't think that it's necessary for women to get plastic surgery in order to feel good about themselves. And I think it's fine that if that's something that they choose to do, but I think it's important to address the culture and society that creates an environment where women need to get surgery in order to feel like they can then feel confident and feel good about themselves because you are a product of your context and without the plastic surgery industry and without the beauty industry, which is a multi-billion, trillion, jillion dollar industry, there would be no need for women to be facing so many different types of pressures, to look a certain way, to adhere to certain beauty standards. And I also recognize that, even though I didn't have pretty privilege when I was younger, I've definitely grown up and into a society that has changed the way that it sees beauty. Like now I'm in a position where I do go into spaces where I have pretty privilege and in other spaces I might not. Um, But yeah, that's definitely something that I'm aware of. And I would also never argue with someone who truly believes that having surgery has given them self-confidence. I would never judge or argue with anyone for doing that. But I think it's still important to address the industry around it and for women to not think that empowerment comes from just beauty. So yeah, that's why I think like I live my truth. (laughs) <laughs> according to the standards that I have for myself. And my opinion is just my opinion. It doesn't have to impinge on anybody else's truth. It's not a judgment on anyone else's truth. It's just an opinion, which is subject to change at any given time. Um, because I know a lot of people who did think that surgery was going to be an answer for them, or I've seen videos of women talking about how they got boob jobs and butt implants And they thought that getting that was going to solve all their problems and they were going to, or was going to solve their like self esteem and confidence issues. But not only did it not, but not only did it not necessarily solve those issues, it was just like a temporary band aid. And then they also underestimated the cost of maintenance for certain procedures and the physical side effects that came with getting certain procedures as well so yeah I don't know I'm just going off on all different types of tangents (laughs) what else can we discuss but yeah the gap between your truth and actually living it is really important to build awareness around so that you can truly live authentically I think that's been the main focus for me for the last year because You know, I've had significantly less to do than I have in the last few years since graduating high school, since graduating university. And I just think like it's really difficult to give yourself the time and space you need to think about how you want to live in this sort of late capitalist (coughs) society that we live in. And it's really easy to think that, empowerment comes from things outside of you changing but if there's anything that I've learned in the last year it's that everybody has what they need to make changes in their life it's about sort of altering your perspective and expanding your awareness so that you can understand what you need to do you know because it's really It's not uncommon and it's human to feel powerless in certain situations, but I think perspective is really important to just allow you to see the opportunities that are in front of you that you might have otherwise missed. And for me, I have had no choice but to do that because I have had so little control over my external circumstances. So I've really developed an appreciation for the choices that I can make every day to enjoy my life (laughs) like I was having a terrible time when I first got back over a year ago and this definitely isn't me playing oppression Olympics at all because I'm fully aware of the consequences of the pandemic and the incredible suffering that it has brought upon so many people. And I can only imagine how difficult it would be for anyone who is working on the front lines, lost a friend or family member or separated from friends and family completely or in a place that is like heavily affected by the virus. So definitely not minimizing that at all, but emotionally it was very difficult for me to be away from Shanghai to be away from a place that I had built a home in, not being able to see my friends, not being able to do the jobs that I was being offered, and also f- trying to figure out like how I was gonna spend my time. I think after like the initial mourning period and being able to let go of the fact that I wouldn't be able to control when I would be able to go back to Shanghai, like no matter how hard I tried to think about it or like tried to manifest it or tried to think, okay, in next month, okay, next month, okay, next month. I just had to let go (laughs) of being able to manifest government regulations (laughs) and focus on what I had in front of me, what I was actually capable of doing every day. And it's definitely not, the easy route to take, but it's definitely been the most rewarding because I've been able to work on a lot of things that I usually don't have time to work on or usually wouldn't prioritise, like my physical health, mental health, learning things that I usually don't have time to dedicate learning to when I'm just running around and like meeting different deadlines, being able to do the type of work that doesn't require me to be like, public facing as much has also been really rewarding and working with different types of people working on different types of projects and also being able to be part of like the local DJ scene in Perth again, in a way that I was never really able to do before I left. Like the scene has changed so much when I was leaving Perth in 2017, like it was getting really commercialized. Everything was about money. Everything was just hip hop trap. And I really hated DJing. I genuinely thought about quitting DJing so many times in the last two years of being in Perth because I was so over it. I was getting literally physically, mentally, emotionally abused and microdosing trauma every time I went out because people were so entitled and rude. And I really didn't enjoy DJing before I left Perth. And I was lucky to have moved to Shanghai and been able to be a part of such an amazing DJ and music community in China Um, and it's been really cool to come back to Perth and see how the scene has changed so much and how women of color, people of color are being given resources and platforms and there are people that own independent venues again and there are people who have their own collectives going and are supporting cool underground music. So I would never have been able to do that If I was in Shanghai the whole time and I would never have been able to appreciate how much Perth has changed in that way and yeah like I'm actually so grateful that I've been able to come back and do that
1: I've also been able to do so much healing around things that were really difficult for me to process when I was here and I really appreciate the way that time can give you perspective. Time and distance can give you perspective on people and events that when you're in the thick of it can be so overwhelming and confronting. And yeah, I think I've been able to develop a much stronger connection with myself and as a result with the people that I care about. And as a result of that, it's very obvious to me the people who I don't actually have a strong connection with but was kind of like holding on to the illusion of a connection or a friendship that didn't really exist so yeah that's been hard (laughs) but also very rewarding and yeah maybe I'll speak about that process in depth in another episode but I feel like my ability to really embrace discomfort and pain, (laughs) emotional pain and physical pain too. Now that I do pole dance, I'm like freakishly strong. Um, I think like my ability to do that has made me a lot more resilient. It doesn't minimize the fact that the, it doesn't minimize like the emotional and physical aspect of it and the intensity of it, but it has built an awareness around how to better manage those things and I think that's the most important part of growing up is realizing that you can't necessarily it doesn't necessarily get easier like life doesn't get easier because you're always going to have to be dealing with shit no matter what at any stage like no one has ever truly arrived there is no point at which suddenly the bullshit stops but there are different points and different stages where your ability to manage bullshit becomes better so that it's almost like you're not dealing with as much bullshit, if that makes sense. You know, like the way that I would deal with a friend breakup three years ago is so different to the way that I would deal with one now. It doesn't minimize the difficulty or the fact that friend breakups happen, but I can better manage how I move through a situation like that now than I could three years ago because of all the learning and growth that I've done. And the same thing, I mean, a really obvious example would be like working with a difficult client. I remember when I first started working, it was so insane to see how difficult and demanding and unreasonable certain clients could be. And when I first started working, I wasn't working directly with the client, but I would see how other people would manage clients and the, you know, mistakes that they would make or the techniques that they would use to successfully manage clients. So like my exposure to insane clients doesn't decrease with the more, with the experience that I have. So my exposure to insane clients doesn't decrease um, as my increase experiences, but my ability to manage them does. Like now I can still spot the same patterns that come up when I'm working with a client who is being a bit unreasonable, doesn't really know what they want, doesn't really know how to communicate properly but I'm so much better at identifying those things and then having techniques or having an awareness around it so that when I'm communicating with them, I can minimize any damage and make sure that I'm getting as much clarity from them as possible in a way that I wouldn't have been able to do with less experience two or three years ago. So I think I have much more perspective now on how life just like, works (laughs) and how to better manage it and just like not take any of it personally like at the end of the day everybody really is just dealing with their own shit and no matter how cool and calm and collected people look it doesn't minimize the fact that they have their own struggle and i can i appreciate that privilege can like cushion the blow of Tough situations, but everything is relative. And I grew up in a really affluent area in Perth. So I know a lot of people who come from old money or who have insane amounts of privilege and generational wealth. But they have a lot of shit going on, too. You know, like everyone is literally a person. We're all just like a physical. We're all experiencing the spiritual world through this physical flesh prison. (laughs) So I think empathy is really important. And you can empathize with someone and feel for them without having to take responsibility for their problems. I think that's also a huge lesson that I learned because when I was growing up and trying to reclaim or like claim my experience as an Asian woman growing up in a really white place and trying to like I don't know satirize understand my experiences with racism and misogyny I was always being told by white people like that I was doing too much or that I needed to change the way that I was communicating in order to include them and whatever, whatever. So like through all these sorts of conversations or through all these sorts of like confrontations, I just didn't completely realize or have an awareness of how those sorts of experiences affected how I see personal responsibility and how much responsibility I was taking on that wasn't actually mine. As a result of people telling me that like It was my job to make them comfortable with who I was and how I expressed myself, which is so rude and selfish of them because I never had a problem with how they express themselves. How come I can accept that you want to complain about getting a parking ticket on Facebook, but you can't accept that I have a problem with being racially abused while I'm working on the door of a club? I don't know. So um, I have so much more perspective on those things. And now I, now that I'm aware of where that pattern of behavior comes from, I'm ruthless. <laughs> and it's been interesting that like some of the people that I've met, that I met in that time that I was constantly making concessions for um, because of like the way that I felt like I had to take responsibility for other people's discomfort in trying to like honor my boundaries in a way that I didn't before they are not comfortable with that and they can't accept that suddenly it isn't a (laughs) free-for-all um for my attention and empathy because I've been in so many friendships where I'm taking more emotional responsibility than the other person or I'm having to constantly manage the other person's emotions and expectations in a way that they don't do for me and there have been so many different challenges that have come with stepping away from those sorts of friendships because you can have a really good time with people who you know are kind of toxic but getting to a point where you realize that you can have a good time with other people without the toxicity part (laughs) so like there is no need to have the toxic part really when you think about it and if another person is not okay with you wanting to have distance from that part of them or like from wanting them to take responsibility for it instead of them offsetting it onto you um i think you know that's definitely something that you should consider when it comes to your friendship with that person because for me when i was trying to like own and understand my experience with racism and misogyny i wasn't trying to get anybody to take responsibility for that that was part of me just coming to terms with it through usually satire (laughs) on the internet on my personal page like i never go onto anyone else's page and abuse them for the things that they say even if they are racist it's just like me talking about an experience that i've had and trying to claim it or trying to understand it, trying to connect with other people that have experienced similar things, or just laugh at the absurdity that is being subjected to racism sometimes. And all I really needed from friends was like support and understanding. But so many people refused to understand because they felt that anytime I would speak about those things, it was a personal attack on them personally, even if I had not included them in that process in any way and now that I realize you know they were just reconciling with their privilege and their whiteness I guess in a way that I couldn't understand obviously because I'm not white but that they wanted me to take accountability for which wasn't my job and I could not understand that for the longest time because I had so few people around me, like basically no one around me that was able to say like, you really don't have to take responsibility for their feelings and say it in a way that I could really own because it was always like wishy-washy. And because of like how small Perth was, it's like you don't want to, no one wants to step on anyone's toes. So yeah. But all those experiences have definitely given me perspective on how racism and misogyny can work. And just like the fact that ignorance isn't necessarily people's fault because it's in society's best interest for people to remain ignorant, but it's also not your responsibility as someone who has been marginalized in any way to convince other people of your humanity. I think – just by virtue of being able to live authentically yourself you will connect with people that are also authentic or also trying to live authentically and by connecting with them and living your life fully you're living by example that then inspires other people to either support you or embark on their own journey to authenticity and self-empowerment too whenever you get caught up in trying to convince an adversary that your cause is worthy that actually takes away from your ability to focus on your own journey and your own cause and I wish I could tell my younger self like you don't need to worry about those people and I definitely got to that point eventually but it was very long and painful and I've definitely have no regrets for it because Pretty much everything that I have been ridiculed, bullied for, abused for, assaulted over, like as difficult as those experiences were, they only further solidified my self-assurance, I think. Because when you have like every single part of you challenged by people around you, you're really forced to question how important those things are are to you in comparison to the people who are trying to get you to behave in a way to validate their worldview or their point of view you know like it was so difficult for white people to understand that it was important for me to understand what it meant to be Chinese it was important for me to claim that experience as a woman of color they just wanted me to forget that and do things that would make them comfortable that wouldn't rock the boat and through those challenges it only further solidified how important it is for me to understand that and to continue that learning without anybody that is going to get in the way of it and I'm grateful that I was able to come to that realization eventually because I think the other path is just giving up completely and then being absorbed into whiteness the bowl of mayonnaise not me though <laughs> and when I see those people who treated me so disrespectfully so many of them come back trying to I don't know apologize half half asked Lee or now they want my validation which I guess is what they always wanted but like now it's like oh you actually didn't listen to me and you went and did your own thing and it's much cooler than what I'm doing. So, like, can I be a part of what you're doing? Well, now they want to be included in a way that they could never include me. And I just hate to see it for them (laughs) because I can see how they never really had the opportunity to have what they do. Questioned in a meaningful way that would allow them to better understand themselves. Like all of the shit that I went through allowed me to better understand myself because I used it as an opportunity to do that. But for them, it was like an, it was just an opportunity to try to control someone else's experience in order to maintain their own self image, you know, rather than to further explore their self image. There are so many other ways that they could have gone about. Better understanding themselves in the world in response to what I was doing. The best one would have been to leave me alone. (laughs) The second would be let's have a discussion about how you feel. What are you learning? What have you learnt? What can I learn? But I don't know, some people are just dumb, clearly. (laughs) And again, not my responsibility. So, yeah. I'm just going to stop here because I don't want to continue rambling. But those are just some things I've been thinking about recently amongst many other things. What else do I want to talk about? Send me a message if there's anything you want me to elaborate on or any specific things that you want me to talk about. I am going to revisit the Q&A that I did a few weeks ago asking people about topics to talk about and I will do another episode soon. So thanks for listening if you got this far. I hope you are staying safe and healthy. Oh, actually yeah, I think I want to do an episode on like grounding exercises and how important they are. Definitely for me, <laughs> life-changing. Um yeah, look after yourself. Make sure you drink water. Room temperature, warm or hot, not cold, because google it. It's a Chinese medicine thing. <laughs> um and yeah, tell your friends and family that you love them and I'll speak to you soon. Bye!